watched the episode of Mad Men that William Mathether is on. I didn't look up how to say his name. How to pronounce... I hope there's a YouTube video. Oh my god, there is. Pronouncenames.com Okay. William Mathether? Okay, that's what I said. <laughs> that guy sounded like he didn't know. He <laughs> Um, uh, he's reading it for the first time. So I watched that episode of Mad Men, The Flood, um, season six, episode three or four. It's the one they go to that award show where only Megan and Peggy are nominated for things from Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, but they don't work there anymore. Neither of them. Peggy has already moved to CGC. And Megan is, like, trying to be an actor now. And then Martin Luther King gets assassinated, and they find out at that event... I can't remember. Randy. Randy is the character's name. Randy is, like, a, a property insurance guy. He, I guess, is a client of theirs. And um, the next day he wants uh, an appointment, and everyone's like, why are, like, we're not really working today? <laughs> um there's this iconic Pete Campbell moment. It's a shameful, shameful day! <laughs> but yeah, Randy wants an appointment with Don and the creative team and Roger. This is a coded message that came to me when I was visited by the spirit of Dr. King last night. He said that I should question the whole property thing, man. Are you forgetting what Tecumseh said? Make sure he doesn't get lost. Uh, also, Ginsburg believes him. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. What a treat. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's good. I have no recollection of that episode, but I love season six. Well, it's also a really good Ginsburg episode because it's the one where he goes home and his dad has surprised him with a date. He, like, goes home and there's, like, a nice Jewish girl who's there to go on a date with him. And so they go to this diner and then, um, and then they get the news and, like, everyone is really upset. But, like, it's, like, clear that Ginsburg is, like, putting on a show to, like, show that he's the most upset of anyone. Oh, my God. Um, God, what a good character. Fuck. That's all I needed to report. Mm. Okay, you ready for the movie? Yeah. Controversy surrounds high school basketball coach Ken Carter after he benches his entire team for breaking their academic contract with him. Okay, this movie I had never, never heard of this movie. Seen. Yeah, it's a sports movie. And yeah. so I'm realizing that there is a whole genre of movies that I just don't know shit. Maybe that's maybe that's my new goal. I've never seen Remember the Titans. I've seen A League of Their Own, but I saw it, like, a long, long time ago. Those are the only two sports movies that I can think of. <laughs> I don't know what I've seen. I guess, like, boxing movies count, too. I can't even think of a sports movie that I've seen. Yeah, same. I must have, though. Who's in it? Samuel L. Who's Jackson. 
Samuel L. Jackson, Rick Gonzalez, Robert Richard, Octavia Spencer, Ashanti, and Channing Tatum. I'm glad Ashanti was in movies. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Uh, it's called Coach Carter. Oh. It's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's definitely a famous movie. It was the first movie that uh, Ashanti and Channing Tatum were in together. Uh, wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I worded it like that. <laughs> it, separately, them? it is the first like feature <laughs> film. <laughs> like, how many Ashanti Channing movies are there that I didn't know about? <laughs> um, okay, so the... Um, the top song in the UK is kind of a weird one. I was surprised. Okay. Do you have any guess guesses? For a, song a wild card that I remember from like the, around this period of my life was It's not from this period. Oh. It's from like a totally different time. Is it a Christmas? No, this is January. Mm. I don't know then. You can't name one song that from the history of the world. That's not from the odds. <laughs> Hey Jude. Okay. Huh? Yeah. What are they doing in the UK? I don't know. What's their problem? Did like an uh, Elvis movie come make out? It stop. How do I stop it? <laughs> I couldn't wait, hold on, listen to this. <laughs> um I uh I'm gonna look up Well, okay, why? I Googled it. I tried Googling why was Jailhouse Rock the top of the charts in the UK in 2005? And it was re-released for some reason. Oh. So it was popular for like a week. Mm. I don't I don't know why it was re-released. Um, also, the version that I listened to was like the um, music video audio. And so I watched the music video and it's... Is it is the music video? It's in a jail. It's like black and white, and he's wearing stripes. And yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, on an upper level. Yeah, yeah, that's very famous. The dancing is good. Um, it's essentially the Jets from West Side Story. There's a point where like someone dressed as a cop comes over and like bops someone on the head, and the guy falls down <laughs> into like a trust fall into someone's arms. That's so um, bye bye birdie. Like that's so musical theater. But the. The best part about it is that you get all these, like, like callback responses from the dancers. And so I isolated the vocals. This is what I did yesterday. Holy shit. Lay it on me, daddy-o. And then he makes this noise that's just... Can you that's believe that that's... <laughs> I don't believe him. And then that leads me to um, my announcement. I got a soundboard. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> my dream I figured through. it out. As soon as Caroline said, let's start a podcast, I was like, you know what I love in podcasts? When they have a soundboard. And now my dream has been realized. <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want, <laughs> better find yourself a runway daddy. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. You want to do the recap? Yeah, well, um, in last episode, I, we discussed 
that we didn't actually know what tea is, so I looked it up. <laughs> Wikipedia says it's an aromatic beverage commonly prepared by pouring hot or boiling water over cured or fresh leaves of the Camellia sinensis, which is an evergreen shrub native to East Asia. I didn't know it was a specific plant. I'm 27 years old, and I didn't know. Hmm. After water, it is the most widely consumed drink in the world. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted a really cool eight-minute video on our Twitter today, actually. It's Go check out our Twitter so, at You've Lost Me Pod. So interesting. Go on. The term herbal tea refers to drinks not made from Camellia sinensis, so infusions of fruit or leaves or other parts of the plant, such as steeps of rosehip, chamomile, or ruibus. So none of those are tea. Who knew? We're just using that term broadly. Mm. I would like to know if Charlie and Claire have been steeping the tea bags from the airplane or if they've been making herbal tea from something they pick. I'm sure Sun knows all the plants you can yeah. make tea with because Sun knows everything. Racist. <laughs> I found out from Wikipedia that all the different categories of tea, which are white, yellow, green, oolong, black, and dark green, are various stages of that same plant at different levels of oxidation. Isn't that insane? Oh. It's all the same thing. So the story- How does that affect caffeine? The darker it is, the more caffeine. Yeah, because white teas are really long. So caffeine. dark is. It does that come from roasting it, or is that no, like so? Um, the sooner you stop the chlorophyll from breaking down and the tannins from releasing, the less dark the tea is. Oh. So the more you oxidize it, the darker and more caffeinated it would be. So black tea is fully oxidized, and then I found out that bottled tea was invented in Indonesia in the sixties. But iced tea wasn't sold on an industrial scale until the 80s by a company in Switzerland called Bischofsel Food Limited. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, let's talk about this shit. <laughs> Some shit went down. Where are you going? Hey! <laughs> Boone stares at Said, who is enjoying an easy conversation with Shannon. Did he bring her shoes? I think so, yeah. That's such a weird that's such but a weird also thing like, to flirt about. <laughs> also like he's he got her something that he found on like a dead person, probably. I know. I I didn't notice the first time that they held hands or something. Oh yeah. I just don't know what's going on with these people. <laughs> Boone doesn't seem like a doofus to me anymore. Right from the beginning of this episode. They kind of drop the hapless, naive Captain America thing. Yeah, they do. Or maybe the end of last episode. He's still evidently all upset about Saeed becoming buddies with Shan. Hurley interrupts the glaring to ask why Boone and Locke haven't brought back any boars lately. Boone tells Hurley that hunting... Hurley reminds Boone that everybody needs protein and that living in this place isn't a game. Get on the floorboard. <laughs> That's the end of that paragraph. Greg, on the floorboard. <laughs> wow, what a good scene. I had to rewatch that scene to get the sound clip. And my favorite part is when Greg is like, but the rules are that if, if you're honest, you'll be spared. <laughs> you'll be spared. That is so good. <laughs> Um, but that scene's so cool because, like, Kendall's the only one that's spared. 
and Kendall and well, the dad have Roman. like the he doesn't worst. make Roman well, yeah. go on the floor. I don't know about Roman, but I just think it's cool or that, Jerry. that he comes behind Kendall and then like yells at everybody, and Kendall's just like, yeah, he's like spooning Kendall. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Kendall's like, am I on the good or the bad side now? What a complex show. We flashback, huh? No, I'm just thinking about how much I love that show. We take a five minute break. Ah. A moment of silence. <laughs> we flash back to a posh tennis club. Boone is leaving the court with a lady friend when he gets a call on his cell phone from Shannon. I hate flashback Boone. I, thought gonna, I really thought you were going to say I hate flashbacks. And I was like, <laughs> why do you watch this show? I had a shocked look on my face. I like flashback Boone. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're wrong. Turn this episode off. This fucking tennis racket. I want to beat him up. Uh, Shannon's crying and shouting is heard in the background. She begs Boone to come and get her in Sydney. In the present, Boone confronts Saeed and tells him to stay away from his sister. Saeed isn't threatened, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. But Boone isn't backing down either. Before this situation escalates, Locke calls Boone away saying they have work to do. While trudging through the jungle, Locke counsels Boone not to make an enemy out of Saeed because they're going to need him on their side later. For now, the important thing is to get back to the hatch. Hurley finds Jack and asks him if he has anything to help his upset stomach. Jack asks Hurley a few questions and learns that Hurley has been eating nothing but fruit for the last week. They have such a variety of tropical fruits at their disposal. That list was very long. I was jealous. Jack says he needs more protein in his diet, but there hasn't been any boar. Jin's been catching a ton of fish because Jin rules, but Hurley tells Jack that Jin has it in for him because he refused to eat the sea urchin Jin caught the day after they crashed. That's a nice payoff. Yeah, so I was right about that. It was Uni. Later, when Jack recounts the conversation to Kate, she offers the possibility that Locke is not catching them on purpose. I was surprised to learn that Kate isn't giving Locke the benefit of the doubt. Wait, what did Kate say about it? She said that maybe he's purposely not catching more oh, for us because there's too yeah. many mouths to feed. And I was like, you just come right at Jack with your shit talk. Yeah, wow. <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. Hurley was truly so rude to Jen about that sea urchin. I went back and watched that scene in pilot part two. He says, I'm starving, but I'm nowhere near that hungry. And then he yells, no, thank you, as if Jen is deaf. And then he says, no way, no. And then as Jin walks away, he just cracks up to himself. Another side note, I had previously criticized Jin for trying to make pregnant Claire eat raw uni. But according to the American Pregnancy Association, uni has lower levels of mercury, so Claire could eat it occasionally. Oh. Back on the beach, Hurley tries to communicate to Jin that he wants to fish and follows him down to the water. We see Boone and Locke discuss how they can open the hatch. Boone tries to convince Locke to tell the others about their discovery, if not everyone else, at least Shannon. Locke tells Boone she isn't ready to know, and telling her now will only cause problems. Why does Locke know this? What's going on? (laughs) She's not ready. Yeah, what? It'll cause problems. Excuse me? (sighs) Boone insists he's going to tell her when they get back to camp. Locke feels that Shannon has too large an influence over Boone's life, asking if he's sure, but telling him the decision is his. He's pulling out more of that daddy shit from last episode. Yeah. Um, He's got a whole Michelangelo metaphor. He just thinks so highly of himself. He's, like, comparing himself to past geniuses. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> but they've know. just been staring at the hatch and not trying to get in. And Locke has been mixing something up in a bowl. Yeah. Flashback. Boone knocks on the door at a house and Shannon's boyfriend, Brian, answers, Isn't Walt's stepfather named Brian? 
And don't, didn't they live in Australia? What if Shannon's boyfriend is dating Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Two Ryans in a row and think I wouldn't notice. Yeah, you can't have two people named Brian. I would love it. Boone enters looking for Shannon, and when she comes in the room, she looks surprised to see him. Okay, her casual day wear. <laughs> that, like, clubbing top? She's dressed like Lizzie McGuire. I thought that like, she was at the getting end ready to of go out. Because she was wearing makeup and earrings and, like, a sequin crop top. I don't know, but she's dressed like every Barbie doll that I wanted in the aughts. She did dress like a Barbie for that flight. Yeah. Or like a Polly Pocket. Boone reminds her of A mild Bratz doll. Boone reminds her of her frantic call, but she clams up and asks him to leave. While Brian has his back to her, Shannon pulls back her hair to reveal a large bruise on her face. Slick. That seemed intentional to me. It the, was. The, yeah, okay. We're back. <laughs> it's my hot take. We're back to Locke and Boone in the present. Locke asks why he cares about her so much. Yeah, okay. Wild what? thing to say. Wild question. He's like, you can't stand keeping secrets or you can't stand the way she makes you feel about keeping secrets. Locke might as well have delivered that to camera. Like, Locke must be a writer on this show because <laughs> he knows what's going on in the flashbacks. The show always does this. Like, whoever the flashbacks belong to, that person in the present day is always getting confronted about what the audience is seeing. Like, recently when Kate said something about her dad and then brought up Jack's dad for no reason. Yeah. During the Christian Shepard flashbacks. Or how Jack all of a sudden started acting crazy controlling when we were dealing with Jason, the controlling bank robber. (laughs) (laughs) I can't decide if I like that or dislike that about Lost. The way they throw new concepts at us just so they can conveniently parallel something. Well, I wonder if it's, like, because of those things, that's what is triggering the flashback. So, like, maybe right. maybe Boone wouldn't have been having those flashbacks, but it's just because Locke is saying shit, like, right. why do you care so much? It feels like they're trying to get one over on me. <laughs> it's happened in almost every episode when all of a sudden no one would accept help from Charlie just so we could see Liam in the past calling him useless, when Jack and Kate became teenage sweethearts all of a sudden, so that them living in separate places would matter to us. It feels like they're trying to gaslight me. Oh. When they introduce a new concept suddenly and then pretend like it's been an ongoing thing. (laughs) Anyway, when Boone starts off again down the trail, Locke whacks him over the head with the handle of a knife, knocking him out cold. Fucking psycho. (laughs) Boone wakes up to find himself tied to a tree. Locke sits before him, mixing the concoction in the coconut bowl. Boone begs Locke to untie him, but Locke refuses. He approaches Boone and spreads some of his concoction over Boone's open head wound. Locke tells Boone that he is on his own, and he leaves a knife just out of Boone's reach. He's controlling Boone the way he controlled Charlie about the Mm -hmm. drugs. It's fucked up. I would say, you're not the boss of me. You're not my real dad. (laughs) I wrote, too much knife throwing. Yeah. He doesn't have to do it in every time. He doesn't have to do it every time he hands someone a knife. Locke says you can cut yourself free and make your way back to camp with the proper motivation. And Boone says, Where are you going? Hey! (laughs) I wish he did. Um, The only thing I wrote during that part of the episode was this is fucked up. (laughs) Kate and Son are working in one of Son's multiple gardens. Snaps. Kate is taking advantage of the fact that Son can't understand English to speak freely about herself. How did you feel about that? Wait, sorry, one more time. Kate just, like, talking about herself in English nonstop. Oh. 
Is that, like, good for her for having, like, therapy? Or is that, like, annoying for Sun? Um... I don't know. I didn't think about it. Okay. Well, I'll stop asking you questions. <laughs> this is what it said on Lostpedia. When she says something funny and Sun can't help but smile, Kate realizes... When she says something so uproariously funny... funny. Kate realizes that Sun can speak English. She didn't sing. What a Kate's such a goddamn crack up. Sun begs Kate not to tell anyone. Flashback. Boone attempts to file a complaint against Brian at an Australian police station. Sawyer is brought into the station in the background while the detective and Boone chat. We find out that Boone and Shannon are step siblings. She owns the largest wedding business in the United States. I'm the COO of the wedding clothing subsidiary. Would you like to buy my wife's wedding dress? Costs $2,000 new. It's only been worn once. I just want someone to go pay this guy a visit. That's all. Why does he think that this random cop <laughs> in Australia will have heard of his mom's business? She's I think Martha Stewart of matrimony. <laughs> I don't know if she's globally famous. That's insane. Is she LA famous? Is she US famous? Or is she globally famous? We've got to know. But why would this guy... Have you heard of Sabrina Carlisle? <laughs> I feel like he has a phone and he's like, Carlisle Weddings is Boone. <laughs> <laughs> also, guy. he called... Uh, Sawyer, when he's getting taken away, calls the guy Croc Hunter. Yeah, that's important. We love to make fun of Australian. <laughs> <laughs> the guy says they're not the dating police. <laughs> so Boone goes to find Brian at work on the docks and tries to pay him 25 grand to get out of Shannon's life. Of course, Boone comes from money. Yeah. Flashback Boone. Brian says 50000 is what his love is worth, so Boone agrees to that. Meanwhile, back at the beach, Hurley is trying his best to mimic everything Jin does in an attempt to catch some fish of his own. Another iconic duo. This show yeah. is serving me up exactly what I asked for, which is random combinations of people. Having no luck at all, he throws down his makeshift net in frustration and storms back to the beach. But he steps on a sea urchin and howls in pain, always with the not swearing. He says ow like seven times in a row. And then he says, friggin' urchin. <laughs> exactly. Jin helps him back to the beach, and Hurley has an urgent request. He on my foot, man. Yo, stop the venom. I saw it on TV. Despite the language, <laughs> despite the language barrier, Jin understands his request and flatly refuses. Uh, do sea urchins even have venom? Like I, I have no I idea. I know that I'm sure he's referring to jellyfish stings because people oh, urinate yeah. on those. But I don't actually know if sea urchins have venom. Hmm. Back in the jungle. Boone struggles to free himself, but there is no way of reaching the knife. Suddenly, he hears Shannon screaming from another part of the jungle. When he asks her for help, she tells him that she's tied up, too. Suddenly, they hear the monster nearby. Boone forces himself to extend his outward hand past the restraints on his other hand. So Locke made him hurt his fucking wrist. Mm -hmm. He cuts himself loose before following Shannon's screams to her location and cutting her loose as well. 
They both sprint off and hide in a mangrove trunk as the monster approaches. That tree trunk was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. In another part of the jungle, Saeed shows Jack that North is in the wrong place on a compass that Locke had given him earlier. Why did... Okay, when Locke gives Saeed the compass, he's like, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. What? All right, guy. Why does he keep doing shit like that? He concludes the compass must be defective. Back in the jungle, the coast is clear. As Boone and Shannon make their way along the trail, Boone tells Shannon all about the hatch. We flash back to Brian and Shannon's house in Australia. Now that he's paid Brian off, Boone goes to collect Shannon and her things, but Shannon looks guilty. Brian comes into the room and lays it all out for Boone. Shannon orchestrated the whole drama in an attempt to get money from Boone's mother. It's interesting that Boone is living this cushy lifestyle while Shannon is strapped for cash in another country. Yeah. I wonder if Shannon's mother is alive. Oh, I don't know. Um, Lost Beauty, here's what, I'm really furious. I should have said this up top that this recap is from Lostpedia, but I completely rewrote the whole thing because it was foolish. Not only did I disagree with what they wrote, it was also all the syntax was really upsetting. It was like a 14-year-old high school essay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, this part of the show, Lostpedia says, Boone is humiliated and lets his emotions get the better of him, resulting in a fight between Brian and him. And I read that and I was like, I don't remember that happening. So here's what actually happens. Boone says, you little bitch, and he advances on Shannon, and Brian separates them, and then Boone's like, don't touch me, you lowlife piece of, and then he's interrupted by Brian, repeatedly punching him in the face. Shannon yells at Brian and pulls him off. I think those specific beats are very telling of their characters. Yeah. That's important. Also, um, she's done this before. Yeah. Did you already say that? No. That's what he says before, you little bitch. Oh. But I did not say that. Boone leaves the house bloodied and dejected. We see Locke on the beach gazing out at the ocean as per usual. Jack actually approaches him to ask about the boar because of what Kate said earlier. So, like, Jack's been thinking about that. Yeah. Kate and Son continue to talk about the... Also, in that conversation, Locke Locke says that um, the boar have probably migrated because they're smart and they they leave uh, places where they have a predator... Um, and then he calls man the most dangerous predator. <laughs> like, d- fuck off, dude. I don't get this guy. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, there's this movie He's that He's doing I... too much. Yeah. There's this movie that I really like. It's a horror movie. I forget what it's called, but it has Michael Sheen and Dan Stevens. And there's this crazy reveal that, like, the island is alive and there's, like, an island goddess and they're all in a weird cult of this, like, island religion, and the trees are part human. Like, I would not be surprised if Locke is, like, literally an animal or, like, an island. I don't know. Well, yeah, like, what happened to him when he saw that monster? Yeah. I feel like maybe he's the monster now, or, yeah, like... there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something's something wrong not right God. here. Kate and Son continued to talk about the English secret. When Kate asks why Sun doesn't tell Jin, Sun tells Kate it's because she loves him and asks, have you never lied to a man you've loved? Why does that question affect Kate so much? Is it about the tiny airplane guy? Probably. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm exhausted by Kate's back. Yeah. Hurley tries eating sea urchin and vomits. I didn't write this, but I've been thinking about it. And I a little bit resent that the one fat guy is having... Um, like digestive digestive issues because fat people are always the butt of jokes Mm -hmm. and it was annoying that out of everyone on the island he had to be like 
I need to go have diarrhea yeah. with these leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. While Jack and Charlie make a fire on the beach, Jack checks in with him. He is steady joking and goofing in this episode. Why is Jack in the best mood? In every single scene, he has a little, like, comment or joke, even with Kate. So it's like that toxic Yeah, I bullshit. guess he got it all out of his system in the last episode. <laughs> it's like the last episode never happened. Jack asks Charlie for his opinion on Locke. You guys are freaking nature. Highly disturbed. Chances are he probably killed all his mates at the post office the day his mom forgot to put a cookie in his lunch tin. That's my first impression, anyway. And he saved my life. So you trust him? Charlie says that, that about sums it up, don't it? <laughs> Charlie says that Locke is the one he trusts the most. Back at camp, Michael has found his own bag. That's nice. Jin arrives and presents Hurley with his very own fish. And Jack is in a great mood still. Okay. Also, in that scene, he see he and Kate are hanging out, and then they see Jin and Sun walk by, and someone one of them makes a comment about how in love they are. Yeah. And then it's basically Jack being like, that could be us, but you play in. Like, <laughs> he's just, he just he's needs to like day. do less. <laughs> Calm down. It was insane to me to see him in this episode. It was like a different guy. <laughs> in the jungle, the monster attacks Boone and Shannon again. This time, try as they might, they can't run fast enough and she gets raptured just like okay, the pilot. Okay, that jump scare really got me. I heard it get you. <laughs> this girl got snatched. We flash back to Sydney. Shannon turns up to Boone's hotel room. She tells him that Brian took off with the money and now she has no place to go. She tells him that she knew he would bring the money because he's in love with her. Boone. That is the key. Also, like, okay, as soon as we found out that they're not blood related. Yeah, as soon as the police officer said that, it this just became an episode of porn. <laughs> <laughs> it was so obvious. <laughs> well, I guess the show made it obvious by with the Saeed situation. With Yeah, with like Saeed. yeah. Um, That's true. That's I like this has that been they, subtle. Yeah. Boone accuses her of being drunk and crazy, but she comes closer and closer and Boone can't help himself. They <clears throat> fall into a passionate kiss and have sex. I don't even want to say the word sex on this podcast. I don't want to see it anymore. We're not that kind of show. After This is the last sex I want to see on this show because I didn't want it. <laughs> I would like to know how long their parents were married. It really makes a difference well, if they were raised as siblings. Oh, yeah. Well, because he said that I think... She was eight and he was ten. When... Yeah, but how long were they living together? Um, I don't know. Because her dad is dead. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that... That's all we know. Yeah. That she was eight and he was ten. And we don't know when the dad died. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that really makes a difference. <laughs> what are your feelings on sexual tension between steps of things? I was really trying to put myself in his position. Because, like, okay... Uh, like, if, if, okay, 10 years old, that's, like, around the age where, like, you can kind of start, where, like, I don't know, where boys kind of start to have, like, wet dreams and shit, right? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know shit. We're both the youngest. We don't know anything about fucking little boys. (laughs) We don't know anything about fucking little boys. (laughs) Um, but, like, I guess it would make sense, it makes sense to me, 
I guess, why he would develop those feelings. And, like, he has just... That that combined with the fact that he, like, also feels this obligation to take care of her, that she's, like, kind of a train wreck of a person, like, it yeah. makes sense why that would lead to an obsession in... Like, that, I don't know. That tracks for me, character-wise. Yeah. I don't know There's if anything so many... that I'm making... Anything that I'm saying makes sense. It's very layered. Um, everything I read online says that this was, like... This episode was panned. Basically, like, critics didn't like it and fans didn't like it because they think that these two are not interesting, but... I disagree. I disagree. I think Shannon is a feminist icon true and i'm not like i'm not even joking like the like obviously we're supposed to root for kate um but like kate also was written like okay i don't know how many women they had writing this show Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a lot (laughs) i think it's mostly men and it's mostly male directors and so kate is kind of written as this, like, Athena character that's, like, a woman but with all the typical male yeah. attributes of, like, logic. Like, she's not she's not guided by her emotions, really. Um, and, like, Shannon definitely is. And I don't know. Like, even, even the episode where she, like, tricks Charlie into catching her a fish. Yeah. Like, that was i i know that like the show is trying to make us dislike her yeah but it just makes me like her more <laughs> i think that um i'm fine with that i want to give a big fuck you <laughs> to yeah that totally relates to something that i wanted to talk about in the next episode so i'm glad that you brought that up cool you're welcome <laughs> uh i know that you didn't have disney channel <laughs> where is this going <laughs> that was so rude the way I said that. But have you ever heard of Life with Derek? No. Okay, it's a show from Canada and it was on Disney Channel and it was about um step siblings. So it was like, oh, the ins and outs of blending a family basically. But uh everyone I I found out on the internet as an adult that I and everyone watching the show thought that the two main characters were going to end up together at the end because there was, like, way too much sexual tension between the stepbrother and stepsister. Oh, yeah. my God. So it's funny. If you Google Life with Derek, I'm sure a lot of the results are going to be like, what's going on on that <laughs> The next morning, Shannon is cold towards Boone and tells him she wants things to go back to the way they were, regardless of Boone's feelings. In the flashback, yeah, this right? Yeah, still the flashback. We're back to the present. Also, okay... Can we talk about her halter top in that episode? Or in that in that scene? I don't remember what she was wearing. I honestly oh didn't God. even watch them hooking up. I was, like, writing, and I was like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> We're back to the present. Boone continues his desperate search for Shannon. He finds a stream full of her blood and then her limp body that looks like it's been chewed up or, like, gouged yeah, a bunch that was, of times. That was sick. I don't know what happened to her. Boone weeps as she dies in his arms. Later, oh my god, my computer (laughs) fucked up. Later, after finally making his way back to camp, Boone wants to kill Locke for Shannon's death. When Boone tells Locke that Shannon died in his arms, Locke asks Boone why there's no blood on him. And he's like, 
that's what it made you see? And then Boone starts to respond, but at that moment, Shannon comes into view. She's alive and well, chatting happily with Saeed. Boone realizes that the concoction lock spread on his head wound was a hallucinogenic that caused Boone to have, like, a vision quest. <laughs> Locke <sighs> confirms this and asks Boone how he felt when Shannon died. Boone says, I felt relieved. He tells Boone, Locke tells Boone, it's time to let go. And then Boone follows him into the night. So, okay, does that mean that, like, Boone was running around and, like, talking to an invisible person? Honestly. Like, when did he wake up yeah. from the like when did he stop yeah, hallucinating I about that i and i don't think that that's bad writing i like not knowing but i also like to imagine that he's like running around like come on shannon <laughs> run away from the monster i wish that someone had i wish we could see a scene where someone walks up to him in a stream sobbing <laughs> <laughs> we saw the monster in this episode but it turned out to be boone's pov during his vision so we couldn't trust Wait, their point we of saw view. the monster yeah they turn around and we quickly saw this like amorphous gray blob like, oh my god i didn't even see that and i was like oh, reveal and then the show was like Mm-mm. oh is this going to happen more in the show you wow. know i don't like that when they're like just kidding it was a dream yeah do you uh i have some like random that's the end of the recap but i have more thoughts uh well okay what specifically do you think that Boone needed to let go well my final opinion on all of this shit is that Locke feels very strongly that Shannon is a bad influence or too much of an influence on Locke Locke is of such a clear opinion that Boone needs to move on for Number one, his life to move on. And number two, for him to allow the hatch situation to progress. Like, this is what we were told, black and white in this episode, that, like, Locke is like, you need to be done with Shannon. Mm -hmm. But my question or my issue that I'm posing is that we've had no indication of this before. When did Locke form this opinion? That's why I said it seems like Locke is writing on this show. Because (laughs) Locke's like, all right, here's what this episode is about. Why would Locke have that opinion? How did he develop it? I guess if I was trying to motivate it, if I were Terry O'Quinn, then I would say that that I've been spending a lot of time with Boone and Boone is, like, always talking about her. Well, yeah, I guess if if there's there's a possibility that it's, like, he wants him to, like, distance from Shannon because he's worried that he's going to tell Shannon about the hatch. Yeah. Um, But, like... I feel like it's probably more, like, dream logic than that. I feel like it's probably more, like, based on everything that Locke has done so far, everything that he does is, like, to help the person that he's manipulating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think it's more, like, let go of your unhealthy attachment to your sister. So not, like let go of Shannon and, like, stop talking to her, but, like, you don't have to... Because, like, Boone puts a lot of pressure on himself to take care of her, and he feels this, like, intense obligation. It's almost like an obsession um, to, like, take care of his sister. And I feel like maybe after this dream... I guess we'll see, but, like, maybe after this dream, he'll be more like, oh, she's an adult and can take care of herself. I think it's important to remember that he 
has been affluent his entire life and she's struggling and that's another mm. reason for to motivate him or to guilt him into taking care of her. Yeah, I want to know more about um the the relationship that with the mom. Like I want to know why she Sabrina. Yeah, like why is why is why she, cut, she cut, off? cut off? Um Locke did seem surprised when he said, how did that make you feel? And Boone said he felt relieved. Like, Locke wasn't like, yep, just as I thought. He was yeah. like, oh, wow. That's fucked up. <laughs> You're really fucked up. <laughs> he was like, never mind. Um, we got another new pairing besides Jin and Hurley. We got Saeed and Locke. Did you notice how British Saeed sounded when he said, what are you doing out here? No. Like, when Locke walks up, he's like, what are you doing out here? And I was like, Naveen? <laughs> In that scene, when Locke gave him the compass, Locke says he doesn't need it anymore. He said that earlier. We now have a thousand storylines running concurrently. So it was, like, hard to do the recap because yeah. I kept flashing to different people. Why did both Jack and Sawyer hide in the jungle and watch Kate doing something? <laughs> I need a break. From this boy days. is toxic. I like cannot stress this enough. <laughs> One question I have is what is Locke gonna do when Boone tells everyone that he got tied up and left out there? Yeah, <laughs> okay. That through? Is Boone just not is Boone? Like so stockholmed or something. Is he gonna he's be not like, gonna tell oh, okay. anyone? Hurley probably knows that Boone and Shannon aren't blood related because he did the census and they have different last names. Yeah, but also that could be because she was married. Well yeah, that's another question I have as well. Or they could be half married. siblings. Yeah, but don't you think that Hurley would ask and then Boone would give the whole spiel like he did in the police department. Like, oh. as a half-sibling myself, like, there's a lot of explaining to yeah. do, and you're just like, you do it by rote now. Especially since my sibling's mom is a different race than my mom, then, like, that's always... Mm. People never know what to expect. <laughs> people think you're joking. <laughs> uh... Oh, but the reason why I brought that up is because I wonder if he'll notice, the way we noticed that Boone is jealous of Saeed, he might oh. notice that because he knows that it wouldn't be an Well, hopefully situation. he cuts it the fuck out after this episode. <laughs> yeah. How after his vision quest. I have a question. <laughs> what does he say? What does Don say? I came by because I had a quick question. Shoot, how do you sleep at night? Uh... A quick question. Isn't that so crazy? <laughs> this is an important day for me. Soundboard day one. My quick question is, how would Boone know that the monster raptures you? Because he didn't see what happened to the pilot in the pilot. So why would it in his tell vision quest? Them? I don't know. That In every episode, I wonder, like, oh, does he know about yeah. the bear? And does he know about... Did he see that episode? <laughs> yeah. I wrote that I'm scared of Shannon because she's a really good actress. The character. Yeah. I don't trust her anymore. I was underestimating her. And now I'm not. Okay, well, that's... That was our recap at our notes. I... I <laughs> That's a very long cheer. Yay! They're falling off a cliff. Yeah. Since we keep 
uh, bringing up Michael Giacchino, and I, every time we talk about him, I think, what did he compose? Why is he so famous? I just decided to Google it. Mm-hmm. His top tracks on Apple Music, like his most streamed or whatever, are from Coco, Inside Out, and Up. Oh. So that means the score. He didn't write the songs for Coco. He wrote the score. He won the Emmy for Lost Season 1, and then he was nominated again for Lost in 2008 and 2010, but he didn't win. He lost, if you will. (laughs) I saw in a behind-the-scenes video that they rented airplane parts to literally play them for the score. You can watch people, like, playing metallic plane parts, like instruments. Whoa! This guy does the most. That's sick! And he wins Emmys for it. Yeah, okay. He has a Golden Globe for Up. He won a Grammy for Ratatouille and two Grammys for Up. And he won the Oscar for Up. I've so. never seen Ratatouille. I haven't either. And I haven't seen Up since it was in theaters. I haven't seen that. Oh. I mean, I, I like, don't really want to watch it again because I'm just going to get sad. Yeah. Um, do you know who you want to vote off? I do. One, three, two, two, three, one. Nicole. Did I shock you? <laughs> Who's Nicole? I didn't want to pick Locke because that was too easy. Like, because that, that yeah. is who I should have chosen. Um, Nicole is Boone's girlfriend from the tennis club. <laughs> because I don't like rich people who belong to country clubs. Yeah. And also, she didn't care about that emergency phone call. How weird is it for your boyfriend to be like, what's wrong? Where are you? And to just, like, sit in a chair and be like... <laughs> oh, my God. She didn't yeah, care. Yeah, okay. Um, Not Brian. <laughs> Not the wife beater. I wanted to mix it up this time. <laughs> MVP on three. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. Boom. Again? She barely... Oh, she kept the secret. Yeah, she was gardening. She became BFF's son. You picked Boone? I, I picked Boone because he didn't murder Locke after <laughs> what he did. Like... God, what a... Which just man. shows tremendous restraint. <laughs> she, even though Shannon was alive. Even though... Like, that's fucked up. That's yeah. so fucked up. I I don't even have anything to say about Locke that I haven't said before. <laughs> I have, I wrote down um, a lot of thoughts about predictions again. We still have to find out what happened between Kate and the Marshall. That's unresolved. Yeah. The title of the next episode is special, so that doesn't tell me anything. This one's a little out there, okay? It would be cool if someone from the inside opens the hatch and that's how they get in, because <laughs> in this episode, Locke says, how are we going to open up this door? And then he looks significantly at Boone and Boone, uh, what did I write down? He's staring into space with his brow furrowed and then he cocks his head slightly. And then we suddenly cut to Boone knocking on a door and then Brian opens it. Oh. And lets him in. So that would be a really well-executed, subtle foreshadowing. Yeah. I predict that Saeed will solve some mysteries because he's the one collecting clues. Like, the Mm -hmm. tide is wrong and the compass is wrong. It still kind of seems to me like we'll lose either Boone or Shannon and the remaining person will have to adjust to life without their other half. E. I predicted that in the pilot. Yeah. When I thought they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Who do you think is more likely to die first? Well, in the pilot I said that Shannon wouldn't be an important character because according to horror movie rules, the annoying blonde girl always gets killed off. Yeah. And she's obviously been, um, what's the word? Like her character has 
been made better. She's got a rich backstory. I don't know what the word is. Yeah. She's an important character now. But Shannon is my first instinct. She's an intricate tapestry. (laughs) I couldn't have predicted any of Locke's actions up to this point, so I don't know what to say about him. I can't wait to see how Sawyer got on this flight. Yeah. I predict that the monster is not a threat because it doesn't seem like Locke would have left Boone in a perilous situation. And Locke has seen the monster. Everyone's scared of it except for Locke because Locke has seen it. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, it doesn't seem from what we know of Locke so far, it doesn't seem like he would be like, if Boone dies, he dies. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. He's not. But what about the bears? Does Locke know about the polar bear? I f- everyone's got to know about the polar bear. Because Rousseau like jumps out of her thing with a gun and she's like, I hope it's a bear. <laughs> so there must be multiple bears. Whatever. Uh, it's pretty clear by now that every single person on the island has some destiny or fated reason to be here. Some mm-hmm. shit they need to work out. I'm very intrigued by stories like this where everything happens for a reason is meant literally. Yeah. And everything, like, ties in together. Yeah. So specifically. I'm glad we're watching this. Hey, guess what, gal? What? There's a ranking. <gasps> this is number 101. On the list. It's one of our lower episodes. Um, it's rated 8.2, though, which is like a B. That's just because people don't like Boone and Shannon. Yeah. What's next? I liked this episode. Like... I love it. Yeah. That's uh, all I'll say about it. <laughs> R.A.P. to Mr. Rutherford. Shannon's daddy. <laughs> and I didn't have anyone else. That fish that Jin gutted. Oh, yeah. Maybe the crushed sea urchin. Yeah. Here's some trivia. Critics tended to view Shannon and Boone's story as uninteresting, but expressed appreciation for John Locke's darkly mysterious actions. Ian Somerhalder... This is... (laughs) I said that as if this is related. This is a new topic. (laughs) Ian Somerhalder was the first actor cast in the series. Oh. He was raised on a ranch in Louisiana, so working oh. outdoors in Hawaii was not foreign and difficult for Ian like it is for Boone. About the character, he said, he was very fragile in that environment where I wouldn't have been. <laughs> All right, guy. Cool. Weird flex. <laughs> yeah. Executive producer Carlton Cuse said that Boone needed to shed his relationship with Shannon in order to become Locke's acolyte. Okay. All right. Locke knocking Boone out was supposed to be a shocking moment for viewers since there was so much debate over whether Locke is a good guy or a bad guy. Not for me. (laughs) I never trusted him. Listen to our podcast. It's interesting that he's just as divisive amongst the survivors as he is to the audience because we have Kate throwing around accusations. Yeah. Charlie telling Jack straight to his face that he trusts Locke more than Jack. Also, he says he saved my life. I think Jack saved your life more yeah, wait, literally when than did Locke, Locke saved. Your... I think about, about the heroin, the heroin addiction. Heroin? If I were Jack, I, I, I would have been like, no, I guess so. I did as well. But... He can say that. But yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Jack's like, did you not see that? The other were you <laughs> that more recent episode? I held you like a like a baby. Do you remember when I rebirthed you, and now Kate and me are your mommy and daddy? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Locke saved his life with a metaphor. Yeah! (laughs) And Jack did aggressive CPR, which was harder. I doubt that Locke is a black and white bad guy. I just think he makes questionable decisions. I guess that's another prediction that I don't think he's evil. 
This yes. episode has been described by critics as irritating and profoundly weird. <laughs> profoundly <laughs> weird. That's also one of the reviews of our podcast. <laughs> the last piece of trivia is what hearts and minds means. I thought this was really interesting. It, oh, that's the name of the episode. Yeah. To be clear. It has become a popular term today, denoting the way a society can use its military and public relations skills to conquer a country, not necessarily through brute force, but through winning the hearts and minds of the people. The term stems from the strategy used by the U.S. military to curry popular favor or approval of the Vietnamese people during the Vietnam War. So they were trying to win the hearts and minds of the Vietnamese people over to the side of the South Vietnam government against the Viet Cong insurgency and the communist allies in the North. Mm. The term is sometimes used now in regards to the fictitious nature of propaganda. So, like... How does that... I don't know who was trying to win. Like, Shannon wins over boone's heart and mind without brute force i guess Locke wins over boone's heart and mind without brute for- no with brute force never yeah. mind about that one. yeah wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute i get maybe it's about shannon manipulating i don't know sounds like kind of a stretch yeah how about whatever the case may be oh my god yeah wait i just want those kind of i want like a lord of the files <laughs> That's everything that's on my list. Do you have anything else? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out those hot tweets. I haven't followed anyone on Twitter yet. Yeah. I okay, we followed to. Jack. What? I didn't follow Jack. Oh, I followed him back because he followed oh. us. Oh. That's so funny because he's the only person that we follow. <laughs> Uh, We're talking about Jack Shepard. Yeah, that's about what the I thought. Fictional character. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jack Wright. Um, email us if you got any hot takes. That's really the soundboard is what I've been missing, and also I wish that we had other people to talk to. About I know the show is the other thing I've been missing. Or if you have any like really cold takes, I'm excited yeah. for those too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Bye.